Today's episode of Sports Headlines is presented by Podgo. What's Podgo? Well, Warner, Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. So you're telling me that if I include an ad from Podgo, they're going to tell me up front how much I'll make? Of course. If you apply today, actually, to become a member, you'll be immediately connected with advertisers that fit your audience. Really? So it'll be specified for my show and my type of podcast? Yeah. So all you have to do is go to podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot co, C-O. And when you apply, make sure you add our podcast, Sports Headlines, and the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. All right. I'll do that as soon as I can. Yep, again, that's podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Let's get back to today's episode. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Sports Headlines Podcast. I am, for this episode, your host, Sean Davis. And we are doing a uh, new series uh call the um and i do not like the way i'm sitting um call the uh, like off-season preview slash season recap and i'm gonna go through all 32 teams um starting with the asc north and uh i'm just yeah i'm just gonna go through their season i'm gonna talk about why i like from them why i didn't like what they need to really fix going into the offseason i'm gonna do like a little preview of their offseason um and a couple of quick notes before we get started, guys. You guys have to go over to our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash sports headlines. Um, because some of these, actually half of these, will be available only to our Patreon. So that's patreon.com slash sports headlines um, to get started there. Um, so this is the start of a three-part series for each team. So I'm going to do uh, like this. This is Season recap, off-season preview. Then after this, we'll go into the um, off-season where I'll do like I'll be I'll play the general manager role of each team, and I'll go out sign the guys that I think will best suit their team. And then the third part is um, going to be the seven-round team exclusive mock draft, um, and that'll be a lot closer to uh, draft time. So I'm going to spread these out. A little bit, and so I'm gonna be like around. So round one is the uh, off-season preview, so season recap, and then round two uh, will be the free agency uh, where I play the general manager role. But again, guys, you have to go over to sports uh, Patreon.com/slash/sportsheadlines um, to get access to the exclusive 17 mock draft to get access to the um, to our SH mailbag where you guys can ask your questions for us and uh, film, film sessions and more. But uh, let's get started here. Episode one, this is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, this, is a, this is a weird team to, to talk about here. Um, so with the season, so they brought back Zach Taylor to start the season. And I wanted to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, but my gosh, he is just not the guy. Um, that I think should lead the team into the future. Um, but obviously the positives here is number one, Joe Burrow is so good. And 
you know, Warner kind of criticized me early on when I said, nope, not, it was like week two or week three. I was like, nope, Burroughs, not a top 10 quarterback yet. Come on now, let's give him a little bit, give him a little bit of time because it was after two weeks. That's too early to say, hey, hey, you're a top 10 quarterback after your first two games playing professional football. Damn, um, top 10. <laughs> but, like, all seriousness, Joe Burrow, he is, he is an incredible quarterback. Um, his processor, he plays like he's a 10-year veteran, like Tom Brady or Drew Brees. Like, he makes all the right reads. Uh, not all the time, obviously. He's still a rookie. But his upside is, is so is so high, um, and he play lights out. And you know, credit that to you've heard and seen guys like Justin Jefferson on the Pat McAfee show. Um, give credit to Joe Brady, who's and he said like, hey, you know, I'm this good already. The transition was like easier because with Joe Brady at LSU, we ran more of a pro style offense. And that not only has helped uh, Justin Jefferson, but that uh, has definitely helped Joe Burrow, in which has really, you know, eased the transition from the uh, college to the NFL, which is why you see guys like college guys, you know, struggle because, you know, they're running more of a – at college, you can run a gimmicky offense. Um, and when you do that, like Ohio State quarterbacks, for example, they run gimmicky offenses. and that's why when you know the quarterbacks of the wide receiver, not necessarily the wide receivers, but the quarterbacks with a transition to the NFL, it's you know a rough transition for them. Either they um, they don't pan out well, or it takes a lot longer than than it should. And Joe Burrow um, running that pro style offense with Joe Brady really has helped him a lot. When I said when I say that. Joe Brady made Joe Burrow the number overall pick. I mean, not literally, obviously, but Joe Brady's the reason why Joe Burrow's the number one overall pick. There's too many Joes and Bros or Burrows um, for me to talk about this Bengals team. But he, he is phenomenal. He pair him with T. Higgins. And I mean, they have the number five overall pick in the draft. So offensively, next, they're going to be so, so set. You're going to have Burrows, your quarterback, your franchise quarterback set. You're going to have your superstar or star Pro Bowl running back in Joe Mixon, who should be healthy next year. And then on the outside, you're going to likely have T. Higgins and Jamar Chase, so long as they draft Chase, unless Sewell, Sewell's there. And if Sewell's there, I mean, if Sewell's there at five, I, I highly doubt Jamar Chase will be there at, um, at five. But – you're either going to get your franchise tackle. I don't think he'll be there. So you're likely going to get your uh, franchise um, wide receiver with Jamar Chase on the outside. They have Tyler Boyd, who's looking like maybe the best receiver out of the slot and kind of underrated because he plays in Cincinnati. He has that. He's getting that Bradley Beal treatment. Like, hey, you, yeah, you're not going to get any credit because you play for a terrible team. But Tyler Boyd is one of the best route runners uh, from the slot. And you got to give them a lot of credit. Um, and then defensively, they have like three really solid borderline elite in one case player um, on the on the defensive side of the ball. Um, William Jackson, he he has the potential defensively, but it's just like uh, the it, 
at some point, I love to say this quote, at some point, you know, you you don't want to hear people say you have potential because after so long, if people keep saying you have so much potential, then it means you're not playing to that level. Um, so, I mean, it, it, time's kind of running out on William Jackson. But the other two guys, Carl Lawson has really stepped up this year, playing like a borderline number one pass rusher. Um, it, it's a stat um, and sacks created. So, like, if you beat your guy, if you beat your blocker, and that creates a sack, not necessarily you getting the sack. Carl Lawson has, I believe, sixth place with uh, ten and a half sacks, and ahead of him is freaking uh, I forget who it was. It was it's Aaron Donald, it's T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, like Justin Houston, maybe Emmanuel Agba. Like three to four, nine, three or four of those guys are legit pass rushers, the best in the game right now. And Mac, well, four Mac, uh, Garrett, um, Donald, and. And what? And he he's played to that level. He's a borderline number one pass rusher. He's played like that this year. The other guy that defense that's a borderline elite superstar player is Jesse Bates. He has really had a standout year. Manny the back of that secondary. And you gotta give credit to him. He played he played phenomenal this year. Um he's kind of a do-it-all safety for that Bengals team. He's a really nice coverage safety as well. Kind of like a Harrison Smith esque, it sort of. Um, yeah, the, the the team in a whole, I think, just needs uh, a little revamp, if that makes sense. So, really, a season recap for the Bengals. I think this is the tale of two halves of the season. The first half of the season, you saw if, and sorry to our, our buddy Warren, if the coaching was so much better. And they stay healthy. That team in the first half of the season, the first eight or so games where Burrow got hurt, maybe eight to ten games. So we got what week Burrow got hurt. I think we got hurt maybe week 11, so maybe the first ten games of the season. They look like a team who rightfully probably should have been maybe six and four, five and five at the very worst. But they were, what, maybe two and seven, two and eight at the time because Zach Taylor is just that awful of a head coach. The, the Chargers game. You put faith in your kicker, who is Randy Bullock, okay? And one thing I loved, even though, I mean, he may stink, even though he may not stink, some questionable decisions as the head coach with Anthony Lynn, with the game on the line, he's, he put the ball in his quarterback's hands when the money on the line. It's, I think, first and goal, 13 seconds left. You had, or maybe 10 or 11, around 10 to 13 seconds left. You're on, like, the 16-yard line. Your rookie quarterback in his first ever start, the other the first half of the game, I would say, looked rather meh. But in that fourth quarter, in that two minute drill, Joe Burrow was slicing and dicing that my Chargers defense on a two minute drill to win the game, right? And you take the ball out of his hands. I just don't like the conservativeness in that decision. Sixteen yard, you're just you're at this Chargers sixteen yard line. You're in the red zone. Um, and, you know, it's first and goal, 12 seconds left. Yeah, you got no time. You got, you got to tell your quarterback, hey, 12 seconds left, no timeouts, don't take a sack, okay? And, you know, take a shot in the end zone. Put faith in your rookie superstar quarterback 
to win you the football game and conservativeness cost in that game. And then who they play week two? Uh, the Browns. I mean, they just got ran over literally by the Browns, uh, and they lost by four that game. Then week three, the Eagles. The the conservative play calling by both teams. And granted, I think it was either Michael Jordan, not the GOAT Michael Jordan basketball. I think number is either Higgins or Michael Jordan receiver who dropped the ball that would have put him in great positioning, like maybe another first down there field goal range. Um, but just the conservative play calling and yada yada yada, not being able to win close games. This is Anthony Lynn times five. I mean, Anthony Lynn, at least Anthony Lynn got the guys to buy in to his process. They believed in him. They loved working with him. I don't see that with, with uh, crap, Zach, I lost the name, Zach Taylor. I don't see that from his players. Like, even last year with Brian Flores, the team sucked. There were, no, there was no way that team last year should have won five games. And they did because Brian Flores got his team to buy into his culture. They loved playing for him. And he makes good coaching decisions in terms of game management, managing the game. And, um, you know, that he is just, in terms of Zach Taylor, the exact opposite of Brian Flores or, heck, even Anthony Lynn. So I, I've been calling pretty much ever since that moment. The Eagles game was my mom's like, no, I've seen enough. I Zach Taylor, he no, and that's an example where you know you got a you got a head coaching offer because you breathe the same air as the guy. Like that is that scenario. Brandon Staley and just because Warren and I are having a conversation, you no, know, Brandon Staley is completely different. Um, you know, he worked, he's technically a big banjo disciple. He is a really good schematic X and O's coach on the defensive side of the ball. And um, he has that culture with him as well. And ironically, which is why he's different from Robert Sala, whereas, you know, you I'm going off uh, script here. But like Sala, for example, he's the example why, yeah, he's a great head coaching hire, but you would rather hire an offensive guy because Sala, Mc, uh, LeFleur, like they have a good year this year or, or maybe a good couple years. LeFleur's going to get hired as a head coach, right? And, you know, like, okay, crap, we got to replace him. Like, look at Zimmer. He's had, like, three offensive coordinators in four years now, I think. Uh, McDermott, well, he kind of caught a break because um, um, Dable might not get hired as a head coach, which is insane. Um, Brable, he's going to – he lost Arthur Smith, his second – he'll have his third offensive coordinator in four years um, next, this upcoming season. Um, so that, that's why you, you prefer offensive hires over a defense hire. But what's so what's so interesting about this situation with the Chargers is Brandon Staley is he technically comes from a, an offensive background, which is so unique and so fascinating um, for me about Brandon Staley. Another reason why I really like that hire, but I'm going off script here again. Um, but back to the Bengals, just Zach Taylor. After that Eagles game, it's like, no, I've seen enough. I mean, Joe Brady, by the way, if we do a, a – if for the Madden 21 rebuild, I do the uh, Bengals, um, expect Zach Taylor to be gone and expect Joe Brady to be hired. 
Um, it, it, it's ridiculous. Um, and then in, in the first half of the season, again with Joe Burrow, you felt going into, and we case in point, the Titans game, a Titans team was way better than them, arguably on both sides of the ball. And because Joe Burrow's the quarterback, you know, you're like, hey, no matter who it is, we think we can win the football game because Joe Burrow's our quarterback. And that's just how talented the guy is, man. Uh, he does have the physical traits, especially in terms of arm talent, uh, as a guy like Justin Herbert. I would say him, his and Tua Tagovailoa's arm are about the same. Maybe Tua's arm strength is just a tad bit better. And I actually, I don't even know about that. But um, he does everything, literally everything, at an above average to elite level um, as a quarterback, which is incredible for him to be a, a rookie quarterback. Um, and then, you know, they, they, have some, they have some decisions to make. Um, and then defensively, again, the, the defense stinks in every department. They don't stop the run. You can run all over them. Case, I think the Ravens have 400 rushing yards. Like, yeah, defense is all about motivation. That's another thing. There's there's nobody in this. When the Dolphins were getting blue, blown out by 30 points every single week. Yes, uh, Jesse Bates is a franchise safety. Yeah, yeah, top five, yeah, for sure. Um, when the Dolphins were getting blown out the, the stadium last year by 30 points every single week, right? Um. And you get late to the season when when you get past like week eleven, week twelve, and like well, we have nothing to play for, right? Defense is about motivation. You have to have some motivation to play the defensive side of the ball. You're like, okay, hey, we gotta go get this stop for our offense to go score, or hey, we gotta go get this stop. We gonna make a play defensively to keep our season alive. When when you're week eleven, week twelve, or whatever, and you're like, well, our playoff season hopes are, are over. What's there to play for? You have to have the coaching staff to motivate your guys week in and week out. And there is nobody on this coaching staff that appears to do that. In case of point, you let team run for 400 yards on you. You let team run for 400 rushing yards on you, which is insane. Absolutely insane. The defense stinks. Again, Jesse Bates is a stud. Top five free safety easily. Kind of reminds me like a Harrison Smith a little bit. He, he's, a, he, he's a pretty solid run defender as well. Um, Carl Lawson, again, a borderline number one pass rusher. William Jackson, I mean, he his, he's running out of time to show that potential. But everywhere else on that defense is is below average. And I'm, I'm using that as a, as a nice way. So there's a lot of decisions to be made. Um so I guess my, my, my season recap, it felt like, you know, they were two steps. They, they, they started off the year two steps away, and now they're four steps away. And, and, and we're, you look at this from a lens of, okay, how long or when can we win the Super Bowl? And we've seen recently, if you want to win a Super Bowl, at least get to the Super Bowl. On the quarterbacks, on a stud quarterback's rookie contract, because you get to build the rest of the team a lot easier. A lot easier. Okay? And that's also what I'll do at the end of the video. I'll give my lens, like, okay, how many years or how long does it take for this team, I think, to make it to the Super Bowl? Um, 
So, yeah. So, the big decision I think you know, to make, A.J. Green kind of sucks. Um, he really hasn't been himself. So, 2017, um, so I think 2016 was the first year he missed games, uh, which was the first time he missed 1,000 yards. And he came back in the 1,000-yard season. And for the past two, three years, he just hasn't been healthy. Um, I think he could go to a team like a Baltimore, um, a New England, um, you know, just a team. And I think he actually, in those offenses, could be the number one wide receiver, which I think is something he may want. Um, go have a chance to still win. Um, well, still, he hasn't won anything in five years. But have an opportunity to go win some games um, and get better. At maybe even Tennessee uh, to replace Corey Davis. You already have, you know, I, I don't know if that necessarily fits what they will want. But um, I'm trying to think of teams here. Um, maybe Chicago, they could very easily get desperate, especially with Allen Robinson hating the market. Um, but yeah, and then you have to fix the offensive line. Um, Jonah Williams, if he can stay healthy, he was actually starting to play like a pretty solid offensive tackle. Um, and, you know, either pair him with Sewell if he's there at five, or you, um, no, or, or you maybe trade back into the first round. But, you know, this offseason, you have to, I think, prioritize. I think prioritize the offensive line. Um, don't even really focus on wide receivers unless it's like a really speedy guy, Jaw Ross with hands, guy they're available for, you know, for, you know, a, a reasonable price. Um um, in free agency, I think you could potentially target that, but I am prioritizing. I'm going all in on the offensive line, big time. Just try to improve it in in some regard here. Um, and then defensively, I think you work defensively. Um, edge rusher, then um, edge rusher, and then crap. Um, edge rusher. I'm sorry, guys. And where did my camera go? Ah, uh, there we go. Edge rusher. Then probably corner. And then likely, in terms of like importance, edge rusher, corner. Unless you have a superstar defensive tackle, then you can, or interior defensive line, then you can potentially move them up um, in terms of importance. But you have your borderline number one edge rusher. If there's, I mean, do you shoot your shot? Maybe might have to change your scheme a little bit. Do you shoot your shot at Richard Sherman, for example, on one of those guys available on the market? Because in the draft, and I'll talk about the Bengals drafted a little bit because they've had some bust. Um, and they're they're drafting this year. I thought I thought going back and looking at it, maybe do a redraft, a regrade of every team's draft. Going back, I was like, I thought the Bengals had a good draft. No, they just nailed it with the first two picks, which were practically because they had the first pick, of the, the first overall pick, and then the uh, the first pick, of the second round, which are two practically first round picks, really in terms of value. Um, and then I was like, yeah, yeah, they had a really good draft. No, they just nailed the first two picks would be Joe Burrow and T Higgins, um, and then the rest of the drafts were rather mediocre. So, but back to what I was saying, because I want to focus on the drafts, so, you know, if I'm the Bengals, on the offensive line some more, potentially, and then, you know, building the defense, and maybe you get a corner later in the route, 
Maybe J.C. Horn potentially falls in the second round. They snag him potentially. But it really depends. You have to build with, you have to give him some protection um, in free agency. And that's really what it boils down to. Um, you know, again, you know, Panace Will, uh, Christian Derisaw, can one of these guys fall? Rashawn Slater, Samuel Cosby, Alex Lovell. There, there are offensive linemen in this draft class that you could potentially get in the second round. So my point is here, but again, I mean, do you trust the Bengals to make the right decisions in the draft? Um, so they have a lot of decisions to make. They've made some really questionable draft choices with this, uh, and recently with Billy Price. Oh my God, what was it, the 12th pick in the first round a couple years ago? That pick has been awful. Um, ja Ross is the bust of bust. He, he, he has no hands. He hasn't been healthy. The definition of hey, I'm best and nothing else. Um, so I think we're getting to the point where um, I think it's time to talk about like their went uh, how long I think realistically, if they did everything right, which is the Bengals and not do everything right, because step one of doing everything right will be fire Zach Taylor. Um, realistically, if they would do everything right. I think the Bengals. They can win, they can at least get there or compete for a Super Bowl in three years. Um, it's gonna take time to build the offensive line, especially in real life, because um, it's the Bengals. Um, it's gonna take time to rebuild the offensive to build back up the offensive line and the defense. I think depending on the job they do this offseason, um, they could compete for a playoff spot next year. But I mean, going the next year. It is imperative that the offensive line is somewhat fixed for the short term, at least. And then, and I'll talk about this with the Browns as well. You need to have at least one thing defensively that is really, really not not like a player, but one thing on your on your defense that is really good. Either whether that's your pass coverage or your uh, secondary or your linebackers, whether that's your pass rush. Which is one, which is Carl Lawson, yeah, but something to the Browns and Miles Garrett. Take those guys away. They don't get any pressure from anywhere else on their team. Or it's going to be run defense. And out of those three, I'd rather have uh, arguably um, pass rush, run get after the pass, and then maybe pass coverage and then run defense. But even if you have one thing about your defense that's just really solid and Couple that with the offensive line getting in some regard improved. And then, you know, going to next season, um, you get maybe Chase, you, you uh, get some help for Burrow. You have a, a decent, hopefully a decent at least offensive line. You fix one of those things defensively. They could compete for a playoff spot next year. Um, and then after that, I think that's when the expectations start to rise, especially if Joe Burrow continues to, which is unfortunate because that means Zach Taylor's going to stay, which is not a good move. Um, now, for me, because I want to do it, which one of you guys have to go on our poll at Sport 10 Lines Twitter page at Sport 10 Line 8. Um, if I, when I do the Madden rebuild, I think two years I can get the Bengals to competing for a Super Bowl. 
because I'm just a better GM than the Bengals. I, I trust my skill. I, I think I can do a better job than the Bengals could. I mean, the, the drafting has been terrible. The free agency, I mean, they, they started to spend some money last year, but, I mean, what, what have their signings done? Um, so, so, yeah, I think that's going to wrap up today's episode, the first episode of the offseason previous last season recap. Um, but I had to give a grade on the season. Let me give it a D. Um, again, there are some positives, mainly being Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, play like studs, Hellaboyd again, looking like the best slot receiver of football. And then defensively, Jesse Bates, breakout season, Carl Lawson, breakout S type of season. What else I feel about this team this season was really concerning, and I did not like it at all. Uh, they have a long way to go. But it's not as long as you may think. I think there are, is a reasonable two to three years, probably three years, if you look in real life. But if you want to do this team as a matter rebuild, a realistic matter rebuild, like I'm likely going to do, I think you build the team right. You can be competing for Super Bowl in about two years, so maybe a year earlier. It's really going to come in handy because remember, you have to pay Burrow soon, and um, going into next year. Um, so right now, um, going to next, there's record, there's schedule. Now I think about it, the schedule is tough. Um, right now with not knowing the free agency acquisitions, cause again, that's going to be a second video. Um, you know, I'm going to play the GM role. I'm going to sign the free agents. So it'll be separate from the minor rebuild right now. This schedule is really, really tough guys. Um, I'm going to go eight and eight. Um, I think that's fair. Um, again, their schedule is brutal next year. Like they face Kansas, they face the AFC West, they face the AFC NFC North next year. So you get we face the Green Bay, Minnesota, um, Kansas City, the Chargers. Um, uh, I think we're gonna go to that game. I think it's in Cincy, so I'm gonna go to that game. Um. So their schedule is brutal next year. But I think if they do those things, they already look competitive this year. Um, I think 8 and 8, 7, 9, 8 and 8 as of right now is right. I view them. But, again, it's really going to come down to what they do. Um, and expect these to change, guys, as we get to our uh, team rankings going into the uh, offseason, deeper into the offseason, after the draft and stuff. So be able to look up for that, guys. But that's going to wrap up today's episode. Episode one of the first off-season preview slash season recap. Um, they have a long way to go again, but it's not as long as you may think. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter and Instagram and go over our Patreon page, patreon.com slash sports headlines. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace out.